Sport Tech with Abu where you can listen anywhere on your portable devices. This is a series of episodes with different topics discussed on disabilities, different backgrounds, religious, sports, technology and people in the disability section because we're always trying to be equal and be equalized with everyone. So you can listen to this on your various platforms such as Spotify, Apple Music, Acast, Google Podcasts or any other platforms, online podcast services that are out there. And you're joined with your host Abu Bakr, the podcast called Sport Tech with Abu. So subscribe, like, comment and share. My name's Jason Shaw. I work for a company called Vision Aid Technologies and they're based over in Spalding in Lincolnshire. And we provide technology to help people like yourself, Abu, that have got a visual impairment. So whether they have just a little bit of sight loss or whether they're totally blind, we have technology that can help to access computers like mobile phones. We can also do electronic magnifiers and text-to-speech readers. Lots of different things and even th- very simple things like lighting and we're a family business and like I say we're based over at Spalding in Lincolnshire and we're not tied to any manufacturers which is a nice thing because we, then we can be honest about the good and the bad points of the various products that we sell. We do have the widest range of product in the UK. We do home demos and also we do Zoom type demos. The age group that I deal with are right from very young children right up to people over 100 years of age so quite a wide range really and they can be at home in education somewhere whether it's in a school or college or a university or or people in work like yourself Abu. Tell the listeners about Orkham what it is and how can someone use it for their needs if they've got a bit of a limited site and they can still use it on text. An Orcam is um, it's a text-to-speech reader. The Orcams are lovely portable devices. They do three different models. Two are called MyEye, so you wear those on a pair of glasses. It's a small camera that magnetises to your either to your glasses or you do get some frames with it so that then if you've not worn glasses before you can put it on the side of the glasses that come with it or if you've got some nice stylish sunglasses or reading glasses or anything that you normally wear you can magnetise it and put it on the side of your own glasses it comes with like little brackets that you fit onto your own glasses then you can just put it on the side so they're called my eye and then there's also one called the Orcam read smart which is the same technology text-to-speech reader but that comes in the form of like a pen it's a bit wider than a normal pen it's a bit like if you've ever held a highlighter pen it's flat and sort of a bit bit thicker than a normal pen and all the Orcam units have got a camera at one end and a little computer inside but the computer's obviously hidden because they want to keep it the technology very simple for people so it's really advanced technology and it does OCR recognition so if you're out and about anywhere and you and there's text there or you or, or you want to sit and read a book or anything like that with the one on the glasses you can just look at the book as you would normally you with one finger you reach, reach up and tap the side of the camera and it, you hear it take a photograph and then it'll read the book to you out loud can you use that on small text as well yeah it works really well on small text even like on because a lot of medications got very small text yeah. on it and it's it, they're, they're quite helpful devices as well because if it detects there is text there and it can't read it properly it will tell you it'll say the text appears to be too small you need to move the device closer and try again if you're pointing at a book for example and you've pointed the device too high it's looking over the top of the page it will tell you that it'll say there may there may be more text below so then you realize that you've looked too high because it knows that it can't see the bottom of the page when we did it with the uh, train ticket it said uh, we pointed it and it said it's uh, upside down yeah it can also tell you if the text is upside down as well which is quite nice <laughs> <laughs>
and it, it suggests that you want to you need to rotate it to read yes. it again yeah if for example if someone's on a tram stop or the at the bus stop or if they're out and about which one would be best for looking how long the next tram is or if it's a bus timetable on the board they're all good at reading because it's the same technology in all the devices if you're using a guide dog or you, you might have a, a long cane or something like that and you need but or you need both hands free then you might want to go for the one on the glasses because you don't have to hold the device the pen is more affordable for most people so the pen's very popular the one in the glasses is more expensive and you can also get more features on the one on the glasses as well the pen will do what's called reading and what's called smart reading you can hold it above and it'll read off a screen so if there's information on a screen if you're in the doctors and there's information on a tv screen or a computer monitor you can point it at the screen and it, and, and it will read up with information off the screen it'll read off paperwork and documents magazines books and things and so the pen will do that imagine if you're in a restaurant and you're looking at the menu and you can hold it above the desserts and if you like me i like chocolate so i could hold, <laughs> i could hold it above the actual menu above the desserts and i could say smart read and i give it a voice command it would take the photograph of the document the same as it normally does but instead of reading it all i can say to it find chocolate and it will only find it'll only read me the items on the menu where it can see the word chocolate oh. right okay so it makes it read more specific things rather than yeah. reading the entire thing to me if you've got a letter at home you might have already read the letter so you don't necessarily want to read it all again you might just want to give the people a call so you can say to the orcam read the phone numbers and it will only read you the phone numbers rather than reading the whole document and if the yeah. phone number is in a sentence might say if you're having difficulty please contact us on 0161 or wherever it might be um, then it will also read you the, the sentence so that you can get the phone number in context so so it doesn't it makes sense and that's called smart read and that's available on all the orcams the pen and the orcam my eye smart that goes on the glasses both do reading and smart reading and then there's also a professional version of the my eye to make it even more confusing there's one called the my eye pro which goes on the, which is only available on the glasses but that adds extra features so you can have um facial recognition so you can put your family and friends into the device pro, um, te teach it who your family and friends are yeah. so when they walk into your field of view it will announce who they are it does facial recognition the pro version the pro version also if you went shopping with the other two you could take something off the shelf and point it at the actual label on the on the product you want to find out what it is and it would read the information off the off the label but the pro one can also identify products from the barcode a bit like the supermarket checkout does so you can just roll the product around in front of your face and when it sees the barcode it will trigger off if it doesn't know the barcode and that barcode is important to you say if that was your favorite flavor yogurt or whatever it might be you can teach it that barcode so that next time it sees it it knows exactly what it is i'll tell you about how much the orcam range are initially so i mean we have technology that starts at like you know lighting and things that might start at sort of 42 pounds and goes upwards the orcam is in sort of the expensive range of products because there's a lot of technology in it so the pen version is 1799 the one it's much more expensive to have it on the glasses though because it's a much smaller neater unit and um, so that's on the glasses it's 2700 for the smart one that does the same as the pen that's why the pen's very mm. popular because it's much cheaper and then you've got the the pro version which is 3700 and that's the one that does the facial recognition the barcodes it'll recognize currency if you hold that in front of it it'll also do an orientation fee you can double tap the side of it and say what's in front of me and it'll it'll if it, it can describe things like doorways and tables and chairs and it will tell you yeah. where it is in relation to where you're standing so it'll say there's a door in front of you to the right 
Right. Those features are currently only available on the Pro version, which is the more the, the most expensive one. We have technology that from very low cost solutions right up to the really high end stuff. It's like the wearable, we do wearable magnifiers that you put on your head and some of that uses virtual reality technology. So that's quite an expensive technology. So they range from sort of 2,700 all the way up to 7,000 for the eSight 4, which is the most advanced wearable in the world. Would anything that you have work as a guide, people like Abu or... Not as a guide, as, not as a, like cool. a GPS guy, because a lot of people use technology that's on the phone. So there's lots of apps and things that can help. <laughs> But of course I deal with quite across the board with elderly people and a lot of them have never tried stuff like that or find it difficult with things like that. You can get gadgets that do help, like, you can get like the features on the OrCam that will help a little bit but it's not exactly GPS, it just tells you what's around you. Um, and you yeah. can also get things like, um, there's a piece of technology called a Sunu band which is a bit like a, it's a, bit like a watch, you put it a wa the watch on yeah. and it's got a, a transmitter and a receiver on it right. and as you're walking along it, it, it transmits a, a cone of radar in front of you in effect. It's a bit like a parking sensor on a car but it doesn't make any noise yeah. it's, it, 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 it's, it's an haptic feedback so it vibrates it picks up obstacles from your waist upwards and and also down to the floor like in an airport where you've got your different posts with, with a with a, like a belt barrier that joins them yeah. together yeah if you if you're a blind person and you're just using a long cane or something like that mm. you can actually walk between the posts and your cane would go underneath and you wouldn't know until you start dragging the, <laughs> the actual barriers around your waist mm. the sunu band would pick that up it would start vibrating it pulses the nearer you are to an object the stronger and closer together those pulses are so you can it gives you a bit more information than you get with a what long cane so use it in conjunction with a cane nothing's perfect <laughs> by any means as, as you've probably experienced I mean, with, with when, when you look at technology and things there's nothing perfect no but it's all to make life a little bit easier for people before the or campaign came along that if people wanted to read with text-to-speech at home they generally buy what, what I class as a normal reading machine which would provide the same technology but it would be in a device similar in size to a radio like a large radio and then you put a document in front of it and press a button and it reads it and some of those have got batteries in but there's a lot more choice in those machines because lots of manufacturers make them so you can get those from different manufacturers and they're all very good but the downside is you can't take them with you when you go somewhere where the OrCam, the benefit of the OrCam is that you can take it anywhere so if you go to a museum or, or even somewhere like we are today in, in the, um, the Muslim Heritage Centre you could bring this with you and you could read the exhibits and things like that How many languages does it read in? Oh, um, don't ask me that, there's quite a lot <laughs> they're, they're, they're sectioned off into different regions so you've got European and then you've got, um, you've got Middle Eastern languages you've got things like um, Arabic, um, Hebrew um, and you've got uh, Chinese and Cantonese and there's quite a lot of different languages mine's obviously only got the European languages on and it's a special order if you want one for any other language okay and how much is that because I know the glass is there over £2,000 the glasses because yeah, the they glass have got more stuff in it and it's got a variety of uh, options wherever the pen is uh, certain limited there is a version of the pen on the glasses called the my eye smart which is okay. exactly the same functionality and features as, as the pen but you pay more because it's on the glasses because it's a smaller neater unit on the glasses so that's 2700 but it does exactly the same as the pen that's why the pen's very popular and sometimes you do some uh, offers as well like easter or christmas time doesn't sometimes yeah. some kind of percentage off the uh, yeah it's always price. Worth, it's always worth checking and for those people who can't afford to buy it in all in one lump sum we also offer interest free payment the downside is you can only take that over a one year but it is interest free people haven't necessarily got a lump sum to buy this technology but they might have what they call PIP personal independent payments coming in they could buy the equipment with they could then break the payments down over a year and not pay any interest 
focused on it. We've got hundreds of products, literally hundreds of products. There are magnifiers that replace like the normal what I call Sherlock Holmes magnifier, which is a magnifier with a lens in it. The downside to a Sherlock Holmes style magnifier is that when you look through the lens, the image is only clear in the center. It distorts around the edge of the lens because it's yeah. optical. And also each magnifier is only one magnification. If the print's too small and you're out and about and, 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 and your magnifier's not strong enough, then you need another magnifier to make it stronger or vice versa. If it's too, if the print's too large and you want to make it smaller, you need a weaker magnifier. And the stronger that length the magnifier becomes, the smaller the lens gets and the closer you have to hold it to your face and it gets more and more uncomfortable. Although the nice and portable, you can put them in your pocket, you do generally need two, two or three of them if you want to read lots of different print with it. So the replacement for that, that is where we start really is the electronic magnifier. So instead of having a, um, a glass lens, you have a small screen and a camera on the back of the unit and 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 that means then you can when you hover it over text you can actually increase or decrease the magnification just by pressing a plus or a minus button on the machine on the device and you can also change the color of the text as well so um, if you have the um, the background as black and the text as bright, nice bright white or a yellow or something there's a much higher contrast than you get with a normal magnifier so it's easier to read and of course because it's been presented on a, a small flat screen then there's no distortion on the image either so it's so you find that people that use an electronic magnifier need it on a lower magnification than they would have normally with an optical magnifier. They have different size screens so they start with like a three inch screen and they go right up to in handhelds all the way up to 10 inch screens but then you need two hands to hold it really and you have to decide where you want to use something like that either if you're taking it shopping and need to go out and about with it you need something smaller but if you want to just move around the house with it and to different locations you could probably have a larger screen because the larger the screen is on an electronic magnifier the less you have to magnify the, the text that you're looking at which means you see more of the text at once so when you're reading your flow of your reading is much better because you can see more of the words is it available to people who are not on benefits or do they have to be on benefits to get the uh, technology? No, most people actually buy this stuff privately anyway because it's not available through NHS or anything like that. You can only get, and you can't get that in all counties, but, but most counties you can get the Sherlock Holmes style optical magnifiers free on the NHS through either a low vision clinic or um, or some such scheme from the hospital but the electronic ones you have to normally buy unless you live in Wales you get you get a very basic electronic magnifier on the Welsh NHS because we and, provide it and yeah and basically I remember when I was in high school I used to have the big uh, CCTV the oh, old yeah. big <laughs> monitor one yeah. the trays underneath it and then just like That's sliding it, it. Yeah. and then, then I went to the normal one the uh, portable handheld where I could take it anywhere because I could read the Quran with it as well yeah. and make the size bigger and smaller but then as soon as my sight deteriorated then I stopped using the CCTV the portable one and I still remember those big monitor ones and you don't see them now um, in you can school. Still, yeah you can still get them Abu. You know, you know people have used them for years. Mm -hmm. They're very popular still with people that have used that technology for years because even though the machine itself is physically quite large they're the most comfortable magnifiers to use because there's no restrictions underneath you've got a lot of space underneath it and you can magnify yourself reading things, you can write with it so if you like doing crosswords and word searches or puzzles mm -hmm. they're just really comfortable you just got to have a little bit more room to be able to put it somewhere because you know how large they are the te they're much neater now than they used to be because the screens have got more modern now because well, years ago when I first started because I've been doing this 
I dread to think now, 30 odd years, 33, 34 years I've been doing this. When I first started, the big magnifiers like that had old, old CR, what's called a CRT screen, and so it was a glass tube screen. So they were very big and very heavy. When the flat screen technology came along, the machines got much lighter and better. So you could get a nice, really big screen on there with hardly any weight in it. So like a typical machine like that, that what, what we used to call CCTVs, Abu, which are now called, they're called desktop electronic magnifiers now. Right. Um, because CCTV used to get, the term terminology used to get mixed up with security firms. So now they, they term it as an electronic video magnifier. But those machines that um, would typically have a 22 or a 24 inch screen now. So you get a magnifying system that you can use in education. If So if you go to a lecture or you're in a classroom, exactly like you said, so you can magnify your books and your work using a close-up camera. And then you can also have a distance camera that then you can use to look at the, any information on the board or if the teacher's doing some kind of demonstration or the lecturer is doing some kind of demonstration you can point at their face or you can you can look at the experiment their live experiment or, or whatever they're presenting um, and, and it gives you the facility to be able to look around the room and also capture information as well because now you can also capture and, and have it read back the information at a distance as well and those systems used in education you can get them normally in sort of two forms it's either a standalone system that you don't need a computer for so it works independently on its own which tends to be more popular with sort of younger students primary school and junior school I suppose and then once they get um, older into college and university and and higher education anything like that then you'd, you'd look at generally something that would connect to an existing laptop or or tablet computer because then you get more functionality with it so you can you can capture documents and you can process them in in different formats so you could do a whole book for example and then convert it all to an mp3 audio file and turn any book into an audio book when all the news broke and everything was going to get shut down it was quite scary because when you deal with visually impaired people most of these stuff pretty hands-on and face-to-face -face. most of the people that need our equipment can't read a brochure or an advert otherwise they wouldn't need the equipment but we were able to still go out and see people because it's classed as an essential service by having technology it makes someone more independent so then less people have to visit you know if somebody can be more independent yeah. jaws is more of as a speech like nvda but the yes. supernova and zoom text is more speech and uh, magnified so if you just want to explain the different variety of the speech and software and the uh, the um, zoom yeah so that so if you're using a, a windows based computer then you'd normally need some software on there to um, enable somebody with a visual impairment to see the screen or to access the information that is presented on the screen so you can either do that with magnification by magnifying the screen and um, so you can get software that would magnify that in various forms as you increase the magnification it also redraws all the information on the screen so that it doesn't pixelate because that's a big problem if you, if you if you simply just blow something up to a larger size eventually you start to see the pixels it's made up of and then yeah. you lose quality so these these this software is very clever where it redraws all the characters the most sort of widely used ones um, a program called supernova which is a UK product and then an American product called um, zoom text and those packages you can get magnification you can also get magnification with text-to-speech so that if you wanted it to read emails if your eyes are tired or if you've got a deteriorating eye condition you, you initially want to use magnification a bit like we, we talked about earlier Abu where you, you started off being able to see things and now you tend to rely on speech a bit more yes so you can get people that might want to use zoom text or supernova so because they've got some useful vision so they just want to magnify things and as the vision does deteriorate they get you more used to having it with speech 
speech so then they get used to it reading information rather than seeing it visually and then they can slowly sort of wean themselves over onto using just the speech side of it also available with just zoom text you can get with speech but you can also get it with a part of a package called zoom Tech with called fusion so that's links it with jaws so that's a jaws is a screen reader so a screen reader is um speech that will give you so much uh, useful information from the screen you could actually turn the screen off so it could, would be used by a blind person so a full screen reader would give you enough information with the speech because you can have magnification with a little bit of speech it'll help you if you want to read like emails and things like that but if if you mainly rely on getting the information off the screen with text-to-speech then you need a full screen reader that will give you so you'll be able to read pretty much everything off that screen if you need to dolphin will do a um, supernova screen reader and also then jaws is probably one of the most widely known screen readers although it's quite expensive it's very good one of the widest free ones is nvda which a lot of students tend to use within the next three to five years what new technology is going to be coming out in the ai world the artificial artificial intelligence what is there oh it could, it could it could go anywhere because there's so much going on in the world hopefully there's some great stuff happening i've read all kinds of different things you know there's this this talk of the thing with the virtual reality technology in the moment and stuff like that with with people who've got a visual impairment you've got the issue where you, where you have to have a screen in front of your eyes to be able to, to magnify and see information i've read things where instead of a screen you could have like a normal pair of glasses with a little projector in it so it picks up the information from your environment and then projects it onto a good part of your retina if you've got dam damage to your retina it sort of bypasses the normal area that's damaged and there's also things like promising things like at more fields that um, they were looking at stem cell regrowth as well which right. is obviously not technology but it's a medical thing where they can regrow the stem cells in the back of the eye the best thing to do if you want to get in contact visit our website where all you'll find all the links to the social media because we do we obviously do linkedin facebook and things like that so the website is all the w so www dot and then it's vision aid or one word v-i-s-i-o-n-a-i-d .co.uk so it's visionaid.co.uk and the telephone number is 01775-711-977 that's 01775-711-977 and somebody will help you with it's a really help um, sort of family oriented business everyone's really friendly if you want to just get in touch even if it's just to send for one, one of our brochures or catalogues or just for a little bit of advice then please just get in touch the sport tech podcast listen anywhere to the interviews and hear from experienced professionals my name is Rasul Mahmood I'm based in Bradford and I've been involved with the Ramadan tent project as an attendee for a few years and then just before the COVID I was helping to arrange some of the events in the north of England in Manchester and, and Bradford and this year I've got the honour to work alongside the amazing team members as the project manager for the uh, opening files under the Ramadan tent project uh, initiative so really excited to be hosting six events outside of London this year I'm really looking forward to getting back out there after our virtual events meeting people and sharing breaking bread so I'm really excited for that uh, this year Open Iftar concept was set up about seven years ago by a dear friend of mine called Omar Salha and the whole purpose was to meet people in person share bread have wholesome conversations and it's never the same to replace those kind of in-person social interactions virtually so when the COVID pandemic hit it was a bit of a shock to all of us you know um, having to be you know within our homes and take the safety precautions and not meet our close family and friends um, because of the difficult situation 
Um, but we continued virtually to kind of keep hearts and minds connected to the spirit of Ramadan and keep the conversations going. It was difficult, as you mentioned, but now that we're really uh, hopefully coming to the back end, the tail end of this pandemic, and we're really excited to get back out there. Uh, we've had more interest uh, with people wanting to come and be participating in the events, whether it's volunteering, attending, even as speakers, because people are just wanting to kind of meet one another, be in a space and share that kind of conversation in a physical space. So it's definitely definitely going to be a, a lot more uh, proximate and uh, um and uh, people will be able to connect in a lot more wholesome way in person rather than even virtually. You said this is happening this Friday at the Cathedral Gardens and if you just want to tell them how people can get there and what time is it going to be starting? We have an event starting in Birmingham on Thursday and Manchester on Friday, Manchester in Cathedral Gardens. So I encourage everyone to go on to the RamadanTentProject.com website. You can see the full list of the calendar of events that we're doing regionally outside of London. And like you mentioned, Manchester is going to be in the heart of the city centre this Friday We've got the Chancellor of the University coming, Lem Sisei. We've also invited Afzal Khan MP, people from the interfaith community, from the Christian background, and the Bishop uh, from Manchester, the rabbis. It's really an opportunity to get a wide cross-section of the community to come out, to share the values and the ethos of Ramadan, and just to uh, build real communities together in a wholesome way. So we're really excited. This week is on Friday. We're expecting in excess of over 700 to 800 people, at least, in the city centre. So we ask everybody to sign up. It is a free event but please encourage your friends, your family, your neighbours, especially your non-Muslims and people of no faith to attend for this event. I was involved as an attendee. I used to live in London as a law student um, when I went down uh, just over 10 years ago and I came across the concept and I went to a few of the London events and I was really impressed by just the professionalism, the community spirit, how energetic the volunteers were and it really, really took it to the heart because they wanted to spread the whole concept of service and charity uh, as Muslims and I was really impressed on how they did the service and took care of us and from that moment I kind of shared my thoughts with Omar the actual organizer and from there I got involved in some of the events when I returned to the north of England in 2015 and 16 and then uh, now I've got the honor to actually be the PM in cities from uh, Birmingham Manchester then we've got Bradford and then Cambridge and then Newcastle and Coventry so it's going to be unique events around the country in these kind of other iconic locations as well so we're really excited we're going to get a huge diverse group of people and each year as you've probably seen from our videos and the press releases we've gone from strength to strength the number of people that have been turning out coming and bringing people and the whole purpose is to bring as many people that are not normally connected to uh, the uh, open iftar or ramadan circles to come out to break bread to bring people from the university their work environment to really kind of experience the best of ramadan and we've had people who made lifelong friends by attending these open iftar circles they were truly life-changing event so we encourage as many people to come out bring your friends and colleagues and neighbors and you really see the tremendous impact that this Ramadan has just you know in that two-hour period where you're meeting people having conversations sharing food it really is a, a big opportunity to make friends for life so I'm really excited uh, inshallah to, to invite as many people out for, for these stars uh, and so if you're in those local cities uh, like I mentioned from Bradford Birmingham Manchester Cambridge Newcastle Coventry please go on the website Ramadan 10 project.com register your interest encourage your friends and family and hopefully we're going to be uh, looking out for you and serving you in these various cities ramadan tent project ramadan tent 
tentproject.com. You can go onto our website. The number that TED Project is the umbrella body because we're involved in many other initiatives and the opening file is one unique concept that we have, especially running through the month of Ramadan. So we have events in London and then also regional cities across the UK. So we encourage everybody to kind of look at our calendar of of when those events are. So this Friday, it's on the 8th in Manchester. On the 7th, it's in Birmingham, in St. Clair's Cathedral. On the 15th, it's in City Park, Bradford. On the 16th, is at Cambridge Central Mosque, the big eco-mosque in Cambridge. And then at the back end of the month, we've got Newcastle and then Coventry. Assalamu alaikum. Yeah, message here for brothers and sisters. This uh, Friday, our first open iftar is in Manchester, in Cathedral Gardens. We recommend all the people from 5 p.m. onward. And inshallah, open iftar mein, um, shamil uh, you know, very important conversation. Hongi. Khana bhi hoga. Aap aapki friend ko, doston ko, yaron ko bilai. And inshallah, yeah, special iftar ko, um, together celebrate karenge, inshallah. Or ameed hai, around about 9 baje, or 7, 9 baje tak, hum program karenge, inshallah. Us to baad, aap, aap kar ja sakte hai. So we encourage all of them to come with your friends and your family and inshallah we will be in this program. Listen on all major podcast services including the likes of Spotify, Apple Music, ACAS, Google Podcasts. My full name is Lem Sisse. I am Chancellor of the University of Manchester. I'm a writer, I'm a poet, I'm a memoirist. This is my city as much as it's your city and so it makes me proud that you would invite me here and it makes me honoured to be here. Ramadan Tent Project was the first visit that I made as Chancellor of the University of Manchester. It was unofficial, I was walking down the street, uh, there were three people outside, they invited me in to Ramadan Tent Project and I ate well and I, I learned about Ramadan as well, something which I've extremely important to the human spirit. The experience that I'm hoping to have today is one, to feel some sense of spiritual connection. That's kind of important to human beings. And from that I want to eat some very good food. And one of the joys of Ramadan is the appreciation of food through not having it. Kind of a beautiful rhythm that is set between the body and the soul. What does the word Ramadan mean? I don't actually know, I'm absolutely honest with you, and I'm okay with that. My parents are from Ethiopia, which is 50% Muslim and 50% Christian. Bilal, who sings the wezin, the call to prayer, uh, was an Ethiopian and was in fact uh, fostered, uh, adopted, etc. So there are so many Muslims in the world that it would be ignorant of me to not understand something of the practices of the Muslim faith. And coming from Africa, as my parents do, it's somewhere that I am tw- twice a, a, a year, a sophisticated place of religious uh, ethics and a spirituality. The faith, the Muslim faith, is central to the experience of Africa. And to me, it's central to the experience of the world. I think it's my third time now, and now, of course, I will definitely come again to the Ramadan Tent Project. The last event, big event that I went to was at Windsor Castle to meet Prince Charles who gave me a, a medal, an OBE, that was about a week and a half ago. I've got so many other, lots of events happening actually over the next over the next week or two. One of them in support of Ukraine uh, and in support of the people of Ukraine. At the end of Ramadan is uh, Eid and 
I cannot ignore Eve, so I will be partying and enjoying people and basically eating the food. I'm Afsal Khan, member of parliament for Manchester Gorton and I'm a Sharad Justice Minister. I'm here to celebrate the Ramadan. Ramadan is a month of blessing where people come together and first of all improve yourself as a person and then also to improve the society. And we are here at the heart of Manchester on Cathedral on one side and the museum of football at the back of us. You'll see hundreds of people enjoying themselves, coming together, enjoying the food. And it's great. After two years of pandemic, it really has been difficult. I think coming together in an open space like this is amazing. Well, I'm glad I'm here. I'm going to see hundreds of people here. And I'm looking forward to enjoying the food, which I've not been able to eat from sun rise to sunset. So as soon as sunset, I'm going to get stuck in there, enjoy that lovely food. Well, the experience is this, isn't it? It's the community spirit. It's the solidarity. It's us coming together, you know, and sharing the food is always the amazing way of doing that. Uh, and the Manchester is a rich, diverse, with 200 languages. So having Ramadan here as well, it's beautiful, it's beautiful. My project is to do good Ramadan, improve myself and improve the society, do some donations so that others can also enjoy this beautiful life. Well, my special word for everyone is, you know, be grateful for what you have and make most of what you have. We are blessed from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in so many different ways, with so many different scales. What you got to do is use what you have in the best way you can to make the world a good place. My name is Nosheen Gul and I'm part of Guidance Hub, one of the organizations that inshallah is taking part in the Ramadan festival this year. I moved to Manchester I think three or four years ago so it's really beautiful to come and share the community feel and to give back to the community. So really I'm hoping to stay part and connected to this beautiful Mancunian community inshallah. I'm from Birmingham, I got married and moved to Yorkshire and we run an establishment called Guidance Hub in Cheatham Hill and I'm one of the resident teachers there. Inshallah, it's my opportunity to give back to the community and also take from the community. So hopefully, inshallah, we're praying and hoping to stay connected to, inshallah, the community. Inshallah, I think I will be focusing on myself and inshallah, my own purification, inshallah. Wherever Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala facilitates me to help others, I pray that I live up to that, that inshallah. I think it's beautiful. It's allowed us to appreciate what being part of a community is. My name is Zara. I'm just volunteering and helping out with the Open Star program. It was really good. It was lovely to meet so many people. There was somebody that I spoke to and he took his shahada. He was lovely, uh, which was really nice. And it's nice for people to learn about Islam and not have... We did it like before the pandemic and unfortunately it had to be virtual, which I think you don't get to have the same atmosphere. So I'd happily do it regularly, even out of Ramadan. Thank you for listening to the Sport Tech with Abu today with various of platforms of interviews specializing in their special needs and various of topics that we cover every episode. So please give us a like, comment, share and please subscribe to the Sport Tech with Abu. And also you can find me on more various of social media platforms as well, such as Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. So Facebook page is Abu Bakr Sports and Technology. Facebook ID is Abu Bakr Ishtiak and twitter is abu ish 30 that's a b u i s h 30 as the number 30 and my instagram is abu bakarish that's a b u b a k r i s h t i a q so please give a like comment share and subscribe to my sport tech with abu because we cover every angle